Hello and welcome to what is now the sixth edition or the sixth pod, should I say, in the Travel Our World podcast. And we're going to be talking about cruises. So this is the cruise pod. As ever with me, my esteemed friend and uh, how you say, Monsieur, uh, is Monsieur Martin. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Good evening. And hello, Damo. How are you? It's uh, great to have you back on um, sunny English shores. I hear you landed yesterday from your holiday, not holiday in Spain. And if those remember from the previous podcast, you were in Spain when we recorded. So welcome home. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. It's good to be back in uh, in Blighty, as you say. Um, had a lovely time away. It is in, um, might sound a bit of a cop out, but it's actually good to get back to some, to cooler airs, we might say. It was extremely hot. I know there's been a, a heat wave of some sort since I've been away, but um the uh, the temperature out there was uh, bordering on ridiculous at some point so so much so that we spent i think at least one complete full day just inside under the air conditioning so you can imagine how hot that must have been so but yeah it's good to be back and um you know hopefully our listeners have uh, are still tuning in and we've got an exciting one coming up today actually haven't we uh, martin about cruises um tell us we, who's we on have. it yeah, we have so yeah so we're recording the intro here a couple of days after i recorded the main podcast it was done last a uh, couple of days ago uh with two very good friends um who have both worked on cruise ships so we welcome back our friend owen uh reese who was on the first podcast if you remember the round table um he works for a very established um business travel company um but for many years he roamed the seven seas on a few cruise ships um and he sold art and um an art dealer on cruise ships but we also welcome to the podcast a brand new person and i was really excited to talk to this gentleman i have not spoken to him since my very first season in grand canaria in uh, 2000 and he was a well he still is an entertainer now um but he was an entertainer on uh, a very renowned cruise uh, company so yes um looking forward to speaking to him very shortly Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, I think um, as I'm as eager to, to listen to, obviously, the pod, as you said, I wasn't able to to be in on the full conversation last week as I was otherwise occupied in in Spain. So I think um, why don't we just get to it and um, let's listen to you guys having a good chat about the cruise right. industry. Uh, absolutely. It's going to be a great one. It's going to be a long one, but you're going to thoroughly enjoy it. And um, both of them have got some great insights. Damo, it was a real shame for you not to be there, but um, we, we just let the conversation flow. So, yes, dear listeners, this is the Travel World. Our Travel Our World podcast. This is episode six, and this is the cruise pod. So, welcome to episode six, the cruise pod. So, you've heard from Damo and I in the intro. At this moment in time, Damo can't join us for the main pod. He's still holidaying over in uh, in Spain, but with the magic of editing, it will sound like he's here for the intro and the outro. But I'm joined with my two fantastic guests. And on this week's episode, we're talking about the cruise industry. And both of these uh, guests have both worked in different jobs, and we're going to find out more about them. But I'd like to welcome to the pod, he's already been on once before, Owen. How are you doing, Owen? Welcome back. I'm good. Thanks, Martin. How are you, mate? I'm very well, mate. It's great to have you back on the podcast. Obviously, this time we're going to be discussing your life in cruise. So I'm looking Mm. forward to hearing all about that. And how is it that you came to sell art? So we'll we'll come to that in a minute. But I really want to make a big warm welcome to a guest that's not been on, a gentleman that I haven't spoken to in over 22 years. Mr. Glyn Norris, welcome to the Travel Our World podcast. How are you? 
Oh, bless you, my son. Bless you. Yes, I am very fine on this evening. And thank you for the invitation. Been my pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So for those of you that know Glenn, James, if you're listening, of course you are. You're always listening to the pod. Glenn and I um, first met in 2000 in Gran Canaria, where we worked for a big uh, family uh, hotel for a big tour operator, one of the biggest in the market. And he was the head entertainer. And uh, it was a bit like a father figure to me because you were always trying to keep James and I at bay because, you know, James and I kept falling out. We're best of mates now, but that's what happens. But I was a wet behind the ears rep. Uh, with very little knowledge and learning fast on the ropes. But obviously, um, those were great times for for us all. And you also worked in the cruise industry. So that's what we brought you on to the podcast. But you will be coming back on another podcast in the near future to talk about family holidays. So we'll be able to bring those stories to light. But um, how are you doing, Glenn? Anyway, how's things? Obviously, you said to me before we started that you're you're no longer working on cruise. How, how are you doing since then? How, how are things for you? Well, uh, yeah, cruising unfortunately had to end due to uh, some injury, uh, which I made a decision to to unfortunately resign um, purely for my own health. It was uh, all down to sort of the, the knees and connected to the hip bone and all that. <laughs> Everything's fine, but uh, ships are rather large beasts to manoeuvre yeah. about. And uh, I, I felt like I was doing sponsored walks every day um, <laughs> on uh, on one of them. Uh, and I thought it was just time to um, say, look, you know, I've had a great time. But uh, yeah, and since then I've come off and I'm helping out with two friends of mine that are disabled and I've become a carer for the foreseeable future. Um, and But I'm getting involved in various things. I'm dancing again, um, mm. doing shows and also doing a lot of sports. Uh, a lot of keep fit, a lot of gym, biking, swimming, that sort of thing. So, you know, what we've been through over the last 18 months, um, you know, we've had to reinvent a lot of ourselves um, and keep people occupied out there. So I've been looking after two people and keeping them as amused, uh, 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 amused as possible. So, uh, so that's where we Great. are today. Yeah. Well, that's that's very noble. That's really good to hear. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, that need help. And, you know, we're all trying to do our best to do that. What I'd like to do is, is um, kick off the pod and we're going to talk about cruise. I'm going to have a little opening statement about the cruise world, as was before the pandemic. And in 2019, the global cruise industry welcomed nearly 30 million passengers, creating around about 1.8 million jobs around the world and contributing to over 154 billion to the global economy. With this growth came increased recognition of cruising as the best ways to experience the world. Before I move on to some questions, Owen, what does that statement say to you? Is, is that true for what you remember being on cruise? It's it's such a beast of a of, of a business within the travel industry. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I've worked in cruise, well, cruise and travel for over twenty odd years, and when I was working in retail travel, it was the growth part of the travel industry it was just expanding new ships coming out all the time you know people we weren't cruising before were trying it you know you had all the the regular people that would cruise regularly every year it was their thing but it was just growing and growing worldwide um pandemic obviously came pretty much killed everything in terms of travel as we know across the board but i think the recovery will happen and um it is starting to happen as i'm sure we'll talk about in a minute Absolutely. And, and Glenn, how do you see the cruise world? Obviously, you were on there for, for, for some of its heyday. Is it is it going to bounce back? Yes, it will bounce back because you've got, you know, a, a market now which you didn't have many years ago. Uh, it was the elite holiday. 
you know, it, when I worked in retail, obviously, Owen, I, I didn't realise you did, but I started my trade as a retail travel agent with a family business. Um, and, you know, if we had a, 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 a customer come through the door and want to book a cruise, it was like you'd hit the jackpot because uh, you definitely made your, you know, your salary that month. Um, it, 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 but it has changed so much over those years where it's more affordable. And of course, the size of the ships that are coming out now, you know, we've got the new uh, Iona that's just been launched um, with P&O. Um, you know, something like an extra uh, 1,500 guests can, can, can jump on board that um, incredible vessel. Um, but it's not just for the elite now. Mm. I don't mean that disrespectfully. It's for every person that wants to get involved and see the world. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll, 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 obviously, I'll say quickly that obviously other cruise lines are available. We're quite keen to. Uh, oh, of course they are. Yeah. No, no, but no, but Pino are a big one, but there are many others out there. But um, obviously, we worked for a big tour operator many years ago. That's how we first and and glow and, and glowing Owen, glowing Owen. There's there's that nickname I've got. Oh here. no. <laughs> we'll bring that one up in another pod. Um. We work for another tour operator, but obviously, Glenn, the one we work for, they do their own cruises as well. So it's more family orientated and affordable, a bit like an all inclusive holiday. So yeah. it's for everyone. They're bringing on very nice vessels of a fabulous entertainment program. Um, and, you know, this market now is appealing to more families. In my day on the ships, I saw something that I never expected to see. It was quite an eye opener to see so many families on board uh, a ship, um, which rather changes the dynamics from the out of season to the peak season when you've got the kids on board. Mm. Uh, the whole vessel just changes. It's a completely different way uh, of, of working. You know, your whole program changes. But um, no, it's definitely a market for everybody now. I suppose that then takes me to what I really want to ask you both is, you know, what are your experiences about working on a cruise ship? Um, Owen, tell, tell us about your experiences. Yeah, I mean, I, I got working on cruise ships back in 2013, so it's a few years back now. And, you know, I always thought it was it could be a, it was a great opportunity. It was a privilege, you know, privileged opportunity to work on a major cruise liner, um, travel the world, you know, literally, I would say the best way to see the world if you want to see a bit of everything that it has to offer. Um, and, you know, everything that it came on board that you were offered in terms of, you know, if you were a certain status, yes, it, it was a little bit of a ranking in terms of if you were a crew member, you would eat in certain restaurants or eat live in certain quarters. If you were an officer, you could eat in the slightly more uh, fancier parts of the ship. But e either way, um, if, if you were certainly of the officer status, which I was, you know, you could have the best time. You had access to all the guest areas, the entertainment, you know, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have probably been to around, I think, about 60 countries having worked on cruise ships. Fabulous. Wow. So can you name some of those? Can you well, can you remember any of them, first of all? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> literally worldwide. I mean, I did, a, worldwide. I did a couple of world cruises, so I'm fortunate to have been to, you know, Australasia, um, all the islands around there. I've been to the Caribbean and all the islands, South America, Panama Canal, Hawaii, et cetera, et cetera. So very, very lucky to have done that. And that was over a two or three year period, literally. 
Brilliant. And Glenn, what's, what are your experiences? I, obviously, we had a conversation before we started recording this podcast, and it sounded like both you and Owen knew a lot of the same people. You'd probably worked on some of the same ship. Are your experiences quite similar or as an ent- as a senior entertainer? Was it different for you? Well, I didn't start as a senior entertainer, although when I did start, I was 57 and I had to start as a junior entertainer. And I was uh, my first vessel was an octopus eight. You know, those little dinghies. Uh, then I only went I only went down the Isle of Wight then so, uh, and I was making my own entertainment so you've got to start somewhere you know um, but um, no I, I started as a junior on the uh, on, a, on a vessel can I name the vessel of course you can yeah it's the Oceana um, it's one of the smaller of the fleet but it certainly was big in its um, capacity to entertain and have guests say that it was the friendliest ship on the sea um they they reckon it was this the friendliest ship uh, of the fleet and i would actually agree with them 100 percent that was where i learned about a ship um i remember when we um when i when i flew to uh, genoa and i uh, approached the uh, oceana and i thought goodness me this is real now this is huge this is not a hotel in spain this is a ship that's about to go out there with me on it and I this is something I've never done in my life so it was an incredible opportunity at my age to go on board as an entertainer um, and I have to say that it didn't do me any harm being a junior because the uh, passengers found that very entertaining because I used to say yes my name's Glenn I'm 57 and I'm the junior entertainer <laughs> uh, which they absolutely loved so of course they, they kept calling me junior which was lovely so um, I didn't mind that but yeah, my experiences were, it was huge. It was a complete change. It wasn't just being an entertainer. You had to learn about a ship. And that's one of the things that is quite daunting to somebody of perhaps mm. a younger age that go on board. Um, it's thrown in. You are literally, uh, excuse the pun, you're thrown in the deep end. Yeah. And you've I got to imagine. get on. You, You've got to get on with it. Yes, you've got a, an entertainment manager and assistant and you've got other entertainers, but there's no time to stop. There's no training time. You learn on the run. Um, and that is something that I personally think needs to change if you want to get a better um, entertainment program with a more experienced entertainer that actually know what they're doing to these guests. Because right. of these passengers have done it before. They're very discerning. They're very clever. They're not stupid. Okay. And, you know, quite frankly, you have to treat them that way and respect their their travel. These people have been cruising for almost, you know, over half their life. um, And they know exactly what they're doing. So you learn about that side. You learn a different way of entertaining that type of passenger so without going on too much it did change the way i worked in uh, where we met to having to do something that would completely go away from that family crazy um you know party dance Mm. thing to a more discerning entertainment program where you can still make people laugh but you've got to do it in a completely different way 
until the families get on, and then you can take your brain out, leave it at reception, and have a, a good time. Um, it reminds me of the days back at the Orchidia um, and Cafe Latino. Obviously, definitely not happening on your more discerning trip. But as soon as the uh, as soon as the kids came on, out came the mini disco, and, and away we go. Um, Glenn, tell us a bit more about um, your job role as an entertainer. I mean, what was a daily life for you on the ship? Okay, so if you were um, at sea, if you were on a sea day, uh, that's a pretty full-on day. Um, it, it's quite non-stop because obviously you're involving the guests and you're keeping them occupied. There's various things going on from lectures to tours of the ship to cookery demonstrations, dancing, um, all the sports on board, um, cinema, because most of the ships have a cinema on board as well. So, but you know, I mean, that's just that's not the that's tip, not even the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's so much to do on a ship, and we're normally, you know, very much involved in that. Um, coffee mornings, and then there's the word swan, and um, if you go for a swan, it means you go for a walk. And all you do, you walk up and down the ship and you talk to people. And I found that that was perhaps one of the best activities that I could ever have done, because all people ended up wanting to do is talk to you. And there's a lot of lonely people on ships. And when you get the one that you think is and you take them and you sit them down, have a coffee, that will be it. You don't have to entertain them. You don't have to make them win a a shuffleboard or quoits. You've you've spent half an hour with them, and then you'll meet them again for another half an hour, and then and then by the end of your cruise, um, they've had the best cruise of their life because somebody has spoken to them and not just walked past them, and that's how I love to swan. That was my best activity, and um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Um, so the daytime would be sports. You'd have a break. You'd have lunch. You'd go into the uh, officers' mess. If you were allowed, if you were obviously in that way, as Owen was saying earlier, um, and you'd be able to have a, a nice a nice lunch and then you get on with it again. You go up and do a quiz or, or, or you play sports or whatever. And then you have um, the evening to deal with or you might have some dancing to do. You have a couple of hours and then you get suited and booted and you go out and you stand at the theatre door and you meet and greet people that come into the shows and then in between that, you go and have dinner. Then you come back and you see them out. And uh, it, it's 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 just a machine. And it, it it works until midnight. And you pretty much finish at midnight. Unless you're doing a theme night, which is quite a big deal. Uh, you could, you know, you could make that as long as you wanted. As long as the bar was happy with their sales, you could mm. go on until two in the morning. Um, but um, and then you might actually get to some sleep. Um, and then you'll get up in the morning and if you're in a port and it's your time to be off, then at eight o'clock when the gangway goes down, off you go to explore whatever country you're visiting that day. So, um, Owen, were you uh, renowned for swanning around your ship? Yeah, I did a fair bit of swanning. Um, <laughs> the the, uh, the interpretation of what that actually could be as an art director, well, well those who are listening to this call will, uh, or this pod will know what that actually meant, which was doing not a lot. Um, but, Glyn, you can't, just, just very quickly, Glyn, you just can't tell me that you didn't end up in the crew bar at midnight. Come on. Oh, no, I, I actually gave you, uh, or I gave um, the listeners, um, a sort of a day 
in uh, an entertainer's life uh, as it should be. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we're talking about the cruise industry here, Owen. I'm hardly going to say anything about the crew bar. Um, and yes, I did. And I tell you something, something that became my friend, not that I suffered from seasickness, which I was extremely lucky. Um, I don't know how I didn't, but I, I never had any episodes at all. But um, spiced rum and ginger beer. <laughs> became my new drink on a ship and i must admit if you didn't have the uh, effects of seasickness you wouldn't you wouldn't even feel it because you have three of those and um yeah but we can't really talk too much about over drinking because you're no. not allowed and of course none of us did and no, we, had we all quota. we advocate sensible drinking on this podcast drink sensibly very, i mean literally that is a gin and tonic but it's only but it's only one okay um and then straight to bed that's what it was yes and then up nice and fresh in the morning and uh, ready to go anybody suffer so so do you want me to tell you about the, the world of art i would love uh, to you to tell yeah. our listeners Okay, so I'll try and keep it relatively brief, but um, I worked for a, a large UK publishing house, which um, you will find in the on the UK High Street in, I'd say, at least 30 to 40 locations. And that same company uh, with their art galleries were on seven, at the time, seven cruise ships. So those modern contemporary artists that they work with, it was about 50 odd, they would basically transport that artwork onto the ships you'd have the familiarization because people who knew the art or enjoyed art because it was very accessible and it was you know very uh, you know enjoyable to view on a ship or in your home or on the high street so people would know the artists they'd know the know everything about it and they'd come on the ship and they were you know they would get involved in the art program on board very quickly they'd sign up at the start at champagne reception um, we would we would know a lot of these guests because we would we would just know that they were repeat customers that you know worked with us in the past or bought from us in the past, and then we would host uh, art talks seminars. We would have um, guest artists on board. We would do champagne receptions as mentioned. We would get involved with the entertainers. Anything around the ship, we, we were as, as visual as as a cruise director if people knew the art gallery on board. Um, and yeah, they, they would get a good deal on board as opposed to the high street as well. So usually slightly lower price. And, and we had a great time. And, you know, it was hard work. You know, you're talking basically adding on to everything that Glenn said about living and working on a cruise ship. You know, docking in Southampton, which was obviously the UK turnaround port for a lot of the ships I was on. You'd have to be up at the crack of dawn and you were carting. 200 paintings by hand up a steep gangway at six in the morning with your fingers raw to the bone because you're literally just carrying them in the freezing cold winter getting them on the ship you know you have to literally constantly rotate the gallery we were rehanging the gallery every day for different exhibitions and events um and i learned a lot very quickly i didn't i knew a bit about art but i it was more of a sales customer service role and i i could sell so I learned the product, I learned the artists, I got on board um, and it, it was fantastic. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. And like I said before, we had a very, 
privileged rank on board. So we were, had, had access to all the main areas, you know, the better dining areas, uh, and we had a lot of port time. So where we were in port, we didn't have to work. We'd get off the ship, like Lynn said, and enjoy the port. So, Who would like to share a story about the travel world? Owen, are you up for a, a little story? Or Glenn, have you got a nice little story to tell us about your life in, um, in cruising? Let's let, um, we'll let uh, Owen go first. Oh, I can go first. So do, do, do you want the, the short or the long version? I'll do the short version. The short version. version will be fine. Yeah, the short version. Again. So you want a story of my time on board, yeah? And I, Please do. Story. Okay. So I met my uh, now wife on board cruise ships and very fortunate to meet her a number of years back now. And this said person is from Argentina and we were fortunately on a cruise for a period together and, and Glyn will know that when you meet somebody at sea you, you you're not always on the same contract at the same time if you work for a different part of the cruise company it could be work for a concession or it could be a spa or the shops for example so we were on the same ship for a while um my now wife is due to uh, disembark the ship in Argentina it was the first time I was due to meet her parents I'd never met her parents and, and they don't speak much or any English we were waiting in the uh, the foyer hoping to get off and the previous day had been stressful enough because there'd been local strikes and, and and port issues in the arrival port in Argentina so we didn't know we were going to dock um so that was stressful whether my partner could get off the ship or, or not even to end her her contract so we eventually found out we could dock we only had two or three hours to dock in this said port we're walking through the gang uh, through the atrium uh I said to my wife uh Leave your bag at the bottom of the stairs in the atrium. We'll be fine down there. We're, we're going to go up the stairs and join the long queue. So that was fine. We did that. I looked down to the uh, bottom of the stairs and realised we put her case next to a, a large trolley of other cases. As I turned back round, the case had gone. At this point, we only had two hours potentially in port. Uh, we had to find her parents. I was going to meet her parents for the first time. And we had missing cases. Went down stressing going crazy where are these cases where are these cases turned out the local tour guide had took the cases and put them on a coach as we docked and <laughs> taken the said said two cases off on a little jaunt along the coast of argentina we then got off the ship um we managed to meet her parents i saw them for the best part of well half an hour now but it wasn't really much conversation we would careering down the coastline I was running into hotels trying to speak broken Spanish to find these cases eventually we found these cases returned them back to um, my partner I had to literally at this point say my goodbyes and I literally sprinted back to the ship just made it back to the ship before it left without me um, and then and then off we sailed and I waved goodbye from afar and went out to sea. So the, the tears and the joy and the craziness of working at sea, I'm sure Glyn can. Um, oh, goodness me. That's yeah. Gosh, very short lived. Uh, meeting the parents for the first time, very short lived. But you're obviously married. Um, yeah. I, I'd, I'd like to point you. You can name her if you want to. If she's listening to this podcast, I don't think she'd prefer to be like, to be referred to as, you know, whatever it is you said a moment ago. <laughs> no, that's right. No, I met my wife, Anna, on board. And, um, you know, we, we met back in uh, uh, eight years ago. We got married yeah. five years ago. And, um, yeah, happily ever after, so it is. Fabulous, fabulous. Come on, Glenn. I've known you too long now. And having done that one season, there was always a good story to tell. I'm sure, I'm well, sure you've got a great, great it's story. A bit, well, it's a bit sad, actually, because oh. 
as Owen went and <laughs> met his lovely wife and married her, um, I mean, I haven't had the opportunity of going to half the places where Owen's gone uh, simply because of the time I spent on ships. And But it was a wonderful experience. It was a super experience. Um, and there were a lot of firsts. There are a great many firsts. I've never experienced these things before, learning how to be in command of a muster station, uh, dealing with 19 crew, doing um, passenger drill, doing crew drills, um, having to teach them. You know, when you've never learned enough about the ship yourself, there you are, standing up there, teaching people about the ship they're on, working, um, and you've only been on it four weeks, you know, so... You learn fast. You have to get around that ship and you have to know what's going on. Entertainment, customer relations, meeting people. Uh, one important thing will be to anybody wanting to go on a ship is don't just stick with your own. Meet the crew. Love the crew. Love your person that cleans your cabin, uh, uh, that helps you with your technical equipment. That you know, these are your very, very dear friends. And if you don't treat them with respect and you've got a problem technically, uh, they're going to make some excuse that they've got to be in the show bar now. So you're on your own. Love your crew. Um, they will love you back. But um, I actually did fall in love on a ship. Oh. And um, and it was it was a real wow. It was a real fist to the face because um, nothing came of it but I think something could have, uh, uh, have transpired if only I had been on the ship where they were going next um, I think there was something that could have happened but I think because of past situations with this particular person um, they didn't want to get back into that territory again so it went from being an incredible relationship uh, relationship to the coldest thing I've ever felt probably worse than hitting the Antarctic basically and that, that was my only reason for wanting to leave that ship because I couldn't no. stand being around that person anymore mm. because mm. Of the way I felt about her um, and I've never told that story to anybody oh well thank you and, Glenn um, we're honoured we are no, honoured it was honored. an absolute incredible cruise it was a credible yeah. uh, incredible contract and it could yeah. have gone, and there were many fabulous times on that contract, but um, the last four weeks were probably the worst I'd ever spent on a ship. Um, it was a horrible feeling because you can't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, on, you're in your cabin or you're on the ship, and you're going to see them every day, every day, you know. Yeah. So, uh, like, so yeah. If, if you're going to go on a ship, particularly if you're young, doesn't really matter if you're older as well. Please try to uh, rein in the emotions, deal with your job, get on with it, have a great time, have fun. Don't fall for anybody if you can help it, and then move on to the next one. And maybe when you've had a few down the road, then, you know, <laughs> then see about it. <laughs> Uncle Glenn has spoken. No, I mean, I think that's probably the reason why I never joined um, being on cruise. I, I, I debated it for a short period i think i even looked to apply to one of them but i thought mm, i mean 
it's a bit like um, well, one of the questions I was going to say to you, but you both covered it. What's it like to live on a cruise ship? But it's it's just very close quarters. You're on top of each other. You, your cabins are probably quite small um, compared to what the cabins the customers get. I mean, you see these beautiful pictures of lavish, you know, cabins with balconies. And I guess you guys don't get that unless you're a you know, further senior manager or whatever. So you're absolutely right. You've got to love the people around you, whether it's the engineer of the ship or someone who's going to carry or clean. Because at the end of the day, although they might clean your room, they might not clean it to the standard that's expected or they might leave you something as a reminder of. Yeah, I, I remember what you said to me. I remember that you didn't help me out. So all um, as uh, one of the things I think I wanted to say in closing before we just move on to one last question is, would you recommend cruising? I think both of you would say, look, yeah, go for it. And it, do, do you echo that, Owen and Glenn? Is people yeah. out listening to this or they've got family members? Oh, my son and my daughter would like to go on a cruise ship. Would you definitely say go for it? Get out there, see the world. Yeah, I mean, from a working capacity, I take it you mean, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, from a working capacity, 100%. I mean, you know, if you want to meet new people, you know, meet people from different cultures and backgrounds, travel the world, you know, experience something quite unique, um, you know, and like Lynn said, you can be any age, really. You know, I was in my 30s. I've known people who've gone on ships in their you know, later years. Some go on very young. You know, you do need to have energy. You know, you are going to work long hours, six slash seven days a week you're always on show you're always around the guests you know and it's not until you go from the carpeted nice decks of the passenger areas and then you open that door and go to the lino um sort of lino flooring of the of the crew areas below in the sort of deep dark depths of the cruise ships where it's a different world altogether you you are constantly on show so um I was privileged to see a lot of places and, and meet a lot of great people and, and obviously me and my wife. So for me, it was a great opportunity uh, and have a lot of fun memories. So, yeah, recommended. So, Glenn, obviously, you know, love story aside, is it something you'd recommend as well? Oh, yeah. It's not for the faint hearted. Uh, don't think it's an easy gig and don't think you're going to see lots of countries every single day and get off and explore like the uh, guests do, because they call them guests now, not passengers. Um, so, they're called guests. Yeah, mm. I know. It's 180 years they've been called passengers. And then somebody <laughs> says, oh, no, they're guests now. Yeah, OK. Uh, obviously, they know much better. Um, you know, you will work extremely hard. You'll play hard. Um, and, you know, you'll make mistakes because it's the beast. It's the nature of the beast. It's a big it's a big lump of metal floating around in the ocean. Um, just remember one thing. Learn make sure you learn about that ship because there could be a time when you'll need to know where the heck you're going at three in the morning <laughs> with people screaming all over the place and yeah. you're the one that's got to keep them in control and you've got to keep control and I, I say this mainly for everybody but I met a lot of young uh, entertainers and they were literally uh, you know they were they were melting you know, it was it was it was having an incredible effect on them, you know, mentally. Um, it's not an easy gig. It really isn't. It's not like working in a hotel where you can go out and explore the island or uh, run away to a beach one day. No, you can't. You can't run away anywhere. You, you know, if you've mm. had a really bad day in a row, the only place you can go is a toilet or your cabin. Um, mm. And, you know, you want friends. So do your job. Don't be stupid um, and just learn about the, the area 
And as I said before, and Owen just uh, mentioned it as well, love your crew. Because they won't leave things that, you know, are going to be horrible in your cabin and they will clean it properly. And, you know, I had people taking my dry cleaning away, you know, my underwear, my socks. You know, I mean, these people love me and I love them and I tip Mm. them well. You know, they get me steak sandwiches in the evening. You're not allowed to get steak sandwiches <laughs> even into your, to your cabin. It's not what you know, is it? It's not what it's you know. It's not what you know. It's who you yeah, know. Definitely and, who yeah, you know. And, and really, there's incredible experience to be had. And yes, recommended for anybody that wants an adventure. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, I'd like to ask you both. Um, what's your favorite cruise? Now, you could you could mention cruise destination or your favorite type of cruise. So obviously, you know, um, Owen, what's your what was your or what's your favourite cruise? If you, if you had to go on a cruise tomorrow, where would you go? This was a really difficult question for me to consider, Martin. And you know, I have obviously spent a lot of sleepless nights thinking about this. Um, <laughs> for, for, for me, for me, I had to try and think of two or three ports that really were just something completely out of the ordinary, something extraordinary, something so memorable. Um, one of those would be New York. Um, to mm-hmm. sail down the Hudson River, passing the Statue of Liberty, um, seeing the whole skyline of New York, if you're sailing uh, in or out when it's dark, was something that I'll never forget. And, you know, you can be at the, you know, uh, at the forward or the aft of the ship, looking at it from the open decks with a, a glass of something in your hand. It's just memorable. Um, that would be a certain memory. Sydney, docking by the Sydney, you know, Sydney Opera House, the Harbour Bridge is unbelievable. But for me, in terms of an actual cruise, if ever anyone gets the opportunity to do either a world cruise, if you have the money, or if not a full world cruise, do a sector, do a a segment of a world cruise for maybe 10 to 12 nights, fly out to somewhere and basically cover that that region. And you'll see some of the most diverse, culturally uh, amazing places that you could ever um, imagine. And I'm not going to specifically name a particular area of the world south america is extremely beautiful you know i've been to australasia and the islands around there as well that was extremely good as well so yeah i would recommend that 10 to 12 night and then uh, you know you'll have an amazing time how about you glenn what do you what do you why where what kind of cruise would you be likely jumping on well obviously not being as um you know sort of uh, out there as owen is i've not done i i was unlucky not to get to um sydney and new york and those sort of areas i got to the caribbean on my last ship and i did my full contract on the uh, on, on that particular vessel which was absolutely amazing um before that a lot of the mediterranean so you know the spanish uh, mainland um italy greece croatia but two one cruise one destination the destination would be Venice because there is nothing like it on the planet. It's just old and and unique. And to sail a ship down the Grand Canal, which they, I believe, don't do that anymore now. Uh, we were lucky enough to go down there. And I was lucky three times on three separate cruises to go down the Grand Canal and wave at the people in Mark Square right and wave to them and see their faces and you're on this huge boat that's going down the canal it's just stunning and then coming back up there in the evening um because you didn't dock in venice you docked just in another uh port just outside but then you had to go down it's just it's just 
magic. Um, but the place, the cruise that I would recommend anybody is the Norwegian fjords. Oh, yes. um, yeah. When you go and navigate a three-hour fjord to end up being in a place called Olden at about 7.30 in the morning, it's the nearest place to heaven you are ever going to get. Um, to sit on a ship at 5.30 in the morning, sail down this glass sea fjord with waterfalls coming over every single mountain, little tiny houses on the hill. And then you go into this port that's like a model that somebody's built um, painstakingly with a little railway going around it. And, you know, you, you, this is huge ships, bigger than the, the, it's bigger than the port. And there you are. Um, and I was lucky enough to do that as a passenger not as a, uh, a member of staff, um, because when I came off my ship due to injury, uh, that was supposed to be my last cruise. And I remember it was the 13th to the um, 20th of May, and they invited me back on the ship as a friend and family, and I went on there and um, I did it as a passenger, which was incredible. Yeah, fabulous. I just, on, need, I, I just need to echo because it's very weird that those two destinations you've chosen were on my shortlist. And I, I, l- luckily, I didn't choose them first because then what would you have had to mention? Oh, I would have mentioned them again <laughs> a completely different way. <laughs> No, I, mean, honestly, I know I that made, um, I made it very arty, Owen. <laughs> okay. Well, no, Venice. I, I just very. I know that. Um, that. Venice down the Grand Canal, unbelievable. Yeah. One of my favourite cities, and, and like you said, I want to, um, you know, say the exact same thing. But um, Norway, as a general, and that whole oh, is just unbelievable. It's just spectacular. As, yeah. As someone who's never been on a cruise, I think um, both of those sound fantastic. And if Damo was here, we'd be definitely looking to get one of these booked in. One of the great things about bringing our friends onto the podcast is listening to your stories and places that probably we've never been to. And I've always been quite keen to try out a cruise. I think you, you, you can't say anything bad about anything. If you've never tried it. But I know that my dad's been on a few cruises and I know he did the Antarctic, uh, sorry, the, the Arctic up through Vancouver. Um, but he's he's been itching to go up the Norwegian fjord, so I look forward to hearing his story when he does it, and I might have to join him on that. Gents, I just want to say on behalf of uh, Damo and myself, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast today on Cruise Pod. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and listen to you both and talk, hear about your stories, and I'm sure our listeners have got some great insights about the cruise world and what it will be. And who knows, in the future, we might find ourselves on a cruise singing and dancing like it used to be back at the old Kidia. We'll get the old gang together. We'll throw in a few moves, Glenn, a few, uh, get the kids involved, and then uh, we'll do some samba dancing or something like that. Oh, and yeah. Owen, Owen can keep them entertained as an, ex, as an ex-kids rep. He knows exactly the routine of, of what to do. <laughs> but um, I think we're both, we've got you both back on a pod very soon, actually. You're both back on the same pod, and James will be joining us for that pod for the Family Holidays pod. So we're going to be talking about family holidays in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so that one's that's going good. to be an ab- that's going to be a great experience. But once again, from from Damo and myself on the Travel Our World podcast, thank you very much for taking some time out and joining us. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. Take care, guys. Thank you very much. And there we have it. It's uh, another fantastic podcast. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed listening to Owen 
and to Glyn there. We will have them both back on on a future pod very, very soon. We'll be talking about family holidays. Now, Damo, I know you weren't on that pod and I know our listeners will be missing you. Um, so uh-huh. probably a good opportunity to um, go straight into um, Damo's Travel World News and see what's going on. Um, I suppose the best thing we can talk about here is, first of all, your return trip from Spain. How did that go? Yeah, it was really good, actually. It was um, uh, both both sides of, of travelling out and also travelling back from Spain was was very smooth. No complications whatsoever. Um, we had to do the usual things like passenger locator form, ensuring that we still had to um, have a test when we come back. So I actually travelled back post 19th of, of July. Both myself and my wife had been double vaccinated, which meant that after the 19th of July, we didn't have to self-isolate. However, there is still a condition that you on that on that premises that you have to take a test after day two. Um, Day two doesn't count as uh, literally two days afterwards because the first day you arrive back is considered as day zero. So it's actually, um, I suppose, technically three days um, the whole process actually at the uh, the other end, should I say, in Valencia, very smooth whatsoever, security, no issues whatsoever. The actual airport itself was 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 very busy, and I think that was mainly due to um, Spanish uh, citizens. They were looking to maybe fly over to Mallorca or to Ibiza for their summer holidays, or perhaps down south to to Malaga to to get a bit of sun and, and beach. Although saying that, Valencia has got some stunning beaches, so do thoroughly recommend if you want to ever anyone's ever looking to go over there. But um, the the flight itself um, travelled back on on Saturday evening and it was about 25 percent full. So you can imagine that there's not many Brits over in uh, in Spain at the moment. And I think that's quite understandable what with the the PCR testing involved and also the uncertainty about, you know, whether it's going to stay on amber. There is rumours still going around. And at the time of recording, we don't know whether it's going to be moved to an amber plus, which as some of you may or may not know, has recently happened to France. Um, Martin, perhaps you want to enlighten people what the Amber Plus actually means. I'd love to, but I'm still confused myself. There, <laughs> I'm going to be generally honest with you. This whole this whole thing is just so very confusing. It um, is. We we I've, when we released the last pod, so our reps pod, we were quite excited about seeing some of the countries possibly turn green. Um, some of those that turned green actually turned uh, amber. Um, so we lost um, we lost a lot of um, European countries from that list, and for good cause. Obviously, as you've mentioned, the beta variant is the one that's making the rounds around uh, Europe. Not so much like the Delta variant, but every country, every region is trying to keep every each other's variants out. So right now, um, I am as confused as you are. Um, as to where we can travel, it looks like at the moment only on the green list is Bulgaria and Madeira, I think, outside of the usual um, zones that we've covered before, mainly um, places you can't travel to like Australia and New Zealand that still aren't accepting UK travellers to, to come in. So it doesn't matter if they're on a green list, you can't. And the same with the United States, which I still think is on a on an amber list, if I'm not not mis- yeah, I th- mistaken. I think that's um, but right. But that yeah. may change. But I know that I've got some friends over in, in the United States enjoying a fabulous holiday but obviously they've traveled from germany so it's very different and every zone every region is doing it completely differently 
I think I think it might be slightly different from what I heard. Um, it, and again, you know, I can understand your confusion, as probably many of our listeners would have. The actual situation I understand is um, so as of last week, I think it was um, uh, Monday, the 19th of July. If you were returning from France, which is now considered as an amber plus list, if you are uh, one of the lucky people like like you, Martin and myself, who have been double vaccinated, then you would still have to self-isolate for a 10 day period. So okay. and this is because of, as you quite rightly said, Martin, they have had increase in the beta variant. And I think that is why uh, Spain is potentially uh, could go down the same route. Um, I think Greece and some of the Greek islands as well. And just what you were mentioning there about Bulgaria uh, in particular. Um, so quite funnily, um, as the announcement for um, Amber Amber Plus uh, was announced for France, and I think Mallorca had recently moved to Amber as well, Bulgaria was announced as a green list country, meaning that you wouldn't have to self-isolate upon, upon return. However, the very following day, the Bulgarian government came out and said, we will not allow any UK citizens to enter our country because of the because of the Delta variant. And it's pleasing to know, actually, at this time that we're recording this, that cases are on the decrease in the UK, which is obviously very positive and promising. And we hope that that trend continues, you know, throughout the, the summer school holidays and obviously into the autumn period, because I know, you know, particularly in the industry that you and I work in, Martin, we've got many people that want to get out and play some golf, uh, whether that be in Spain, Portugal, Turkey, Italy, etc., or even over in America, as you mentioned, you know, so let's hope i think we want to remain positive and let's hope that you know the transport secretary um government whoever's in charge um maybe maybe tries to make things a bit clearer going forward you know once you know we're in a better situation regarding the cases and overall situation i think it's probably quite a good time actually just to say that um you know please listen out for our next podcast it's going to be being released on the 11th of august because um martin and i are just going to do a bit maybe a sort of a bit of a catch-up really maybe just a bit of um knowledge uh, for some people maybe um, yes. as, as we've said um they're, they're confused by what's going on in the travel world at the moment with all these variants and with all these traffic light systems and what they can and what they can't do so we'll try and sort of wrap up a few things for our listeners and and just talk in general about you know what we think you know now that hopefully we are on the downward uh, spiral um and of course things change on a daily on a weekly basis so we can't predict that things are going to get better very quickly but we can we're just going to give a bit of a roundup about what's been happening um maybe answer a few people's questions so if you want to sort of write in you know if you want to know something about oh can i travel safely to portugal or morocco or you know what what have you heard about you know switching airlines or switching your flights just you know drop us um drop us an email um you can contact us on twitter um or, or via instagram so martin pat's just remind people how they can do that yes so via you can dm us on uh on instagram at the travel our world podcast you can tweet us at podcast underscore travel or get us on email our gmail account is travel our world podcast at gmail.com so yeah that will be our next podcast i think we 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 fancied doing a bit of a catch-up on everything we've spoken about this is podcast number six we've still got another four to go and you know i I think it's right that maybe um instead of inviting guests on we just go back and look at everything we've heard about recently and maybe answer some of your questions and um yeah that's what i thought we should do 
yeah definitely well that sounds like a good plan to us so um i think without further ado we should let people get on with it and um stop listening to us boring souls you know talk about travel oh whoa 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 (laughs) boring boring i don't think so young man i don't think there's nothing boring about us whatsoever i certainly Um, hope not but you're absolutely right i think um join us for the next podcast which will be aired on the 11th of august wow we started this in may in august already the 11th of august is podcast number six seven yet to be titled we'll come up with a snappy cool title for that and then after that we'll have a couple more we've still got three more podcasts taking us all the way through till the 22nd of september and then we'll be taking our break but one thing i'd like to say is if you've got any ideas for us for season two we will be back for a second season i think we've enjoyed this enough that we decided we do want to carry on doing this um let us know what any ideas that you think that we could cover about travel um the travel our world podcast is looking um, for for people that want to come on and join us and talk about their stories and i think after listening to uh, craig last week uh or two weeks ago we've had a lot of requests to hear more about craig's stories i know um <laughs> there's a lot of messages floating around online about craig we want to hear about your summer of 93 and maybe i'll share some stories about my um summer of love 2006 my Ooh. very first my very first season in ibiza um the wonder year as it's often uh, referred <laughs> to by some of my friends what um, would you do with a sail tune yeah oh Not sorry that. yeah <laughs> did you forget we were recording there yeah, I did, but yeah. um we um we were looking for some ideas so if you've got any ideas or you want to come on or you want to talk about something in particular um are we gonna, we're definitely going to be covering some stuff about ski as well because as we head into the winter we want to talk about skiing so we'd like to maybe get a few of our old friends back on maybe simon's come back on and talk about uh life in the ski world um we might talk about the death of the youth travel industry what happened mm. to club 1830s and 20s and and freestyle and you know they 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 they're gone um so i know that glim was referring to it in the uh in in this podcast before uh he was talking off air about it and we might bring some old friends on people that have been around and talk about it It was like so yeah we're looking for ideas so tune in definitely yeah listen in and please 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 share the pod everyone if you're really enjoying this podcast share it with your friends share it with your loved ones share it with everyone um help us reach more listeners and um yeah because we're enjoying doing it so we're not going away very much so. And, um, you know, I um, I won't go back onto our boring voices, but hopefully, you know, we're nice and positive. We're, we're certainly trying to portray that message of positivity and hope uh, across all of our podcasts. And, um, you know, please just uh, send us in your comments, your feedback, you, you know, your thoughts, messages of, of goodwill. You know, they're always much appreciated. And, yeah, uh, as Martin said, if you want to be part of us, a uh, part of our future podcast, please also let us know. On that note, Demo, welcome home. Great to Thank have you, you back. Mate. Um, tan tan looks okay um but yeah there we are and it's just it's just the lighting you know just just the lighting (laughs) and we'll be back on the 11th of august with um podcast number seven it's essentially a catch-up but i hope you enjoyed this podcast the traveler world podcast number six the cruise pod thank you to owen and glenn and again thank you to you demo as always we'll see you on the next episode take care see you soon everyone